Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are with us and hope that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. This year our theme is I am your God from Ezekiel 34. We believe that God alone is everything we need in these uncertain times and so we desire to put all of our trust in him. We have Christine Gershom share with us on God our healer. A fallen world has its share of brokenness that has touched everyone's life. Sickness, death and disease are experienced by all with no exceptions. With a world filled with endless remedies and alternate sources of healing, Christ the healer has been given the backbench. Maybe it's time to turn to him as our sole source of healing. Hi church it's my joy to share God's word with you today as you know the theme for this year is I am your god and the focus is really on god this year is all about him uh, no matter what uh, the past two years have looked like the uncertainty uh, the no- amount of sickness around us um, he has proven to be a constant god and this year we're going to be focusing very strongly on the person of who god is and today we're going to be looking at I am your god who heals you and i was just reading up a bit you know to understand what world cultures talked about healing and i came across a couple of funny uh, quotes that i wanted to share with you benjamin franklin the us statesman said this god heals and the doctor takes the fees beth moore says time doesn't heal god does time only tells and i don't know what your experience with healing has been um for me for the longest time i have known God to be very personally if i had to speak i've known him to be a healer and healing to me over the past many years of walking through ailments walking through things that were long term short term this i know that god is the sole healer um and the interesting thing is because we live in a world that is fast advancing in areas of medicine science technology um i believe that god uses each of these advancements in order to heal us I believe that God heals us in three specific ways. Uh one is through medicine, modern medicine. I believe he uses medicine systems combined with the beautiful natural body he has given us that he has put systems in place so that medicine kind of aids that, you know? But ultimately, even using medicine, God is the supreme healer. There's another method of healing which is our natural immune system. You would have noticed if uh you got hurt, you have a a scab and then the scab falls off and you have healed skin and that's our natural wound healing process which God has built into our systems. Again, the operative word there is God, the one who heals, the one who actually engineered us so perfectly in order to heal and of course the third way in which God uh, gives brings healing is through prayers our prayers actually uh, bring about healing when when we come to this place of having no other remedy our prayers have actually moved heaven and earth to bring us healing again it is not our prayer that healed us it was the prayer that made healing available to us that we actually accessed it and healing came to us and so in all these three methods in my experience i have seen that god is the supreme healer he is the sole healer so um you know over the past 3 years i have walked a journey of um learning to trust god with my health as you know 3 years back i was sick with an aneurysm in my brain and i remember very specifically um when i was diagnosed maintaining a journal of the things i was asking god for in that season 
And I remember saying, Lord, it'll be great when I head into surgery if the doctors began the procedure and found there was no aneurysm to treat. Imagine how awesome that would be. And I would come back out and life would go on. That was top on my priority list. But then further down, if they do find the aneurysm, Lord, these are some of the things I want. I want my life to um, still involve activity. I like to work out. I like to be with my children. I want to be able to do all of those things. And the list went on. And the beauty of it was that when I came out of the procedure, when I was in the ICU recovering, the first thing I asked my husband when he came to see me was, did they find an aneurysm? Because my faith had been at this place of, in all probability, there won't be an aneurysm. And um, to my surprise, my husband said, no, they actually did find an aneurysm and they've treated it. And what started that day was a journey of faith, a journey of believing that, you know what, the first step has been done. God was with me through the procedure. I believe God has healed me from the aneurysm in, through using medicine as the means. But the next two years were ones where I had to trust him every step of the way because the healing for me was a process. It was not just that instant it was a process over the next two years. And so today I want to encourage you with this. If I have learned anything from my story is that I cannot micromanage healing. I cannot dictate to God, you need to heal me now. You need to heal me in my time frame. I want it to be, you know, a one-off touch and that's it. I don't get to dictate that to God because you know what? Being sovereign, being supreme means that he can heal me however he wants, whenever he wants, in whatever way he chooses. And the beauty of it is that the healing that he brings is so complete, so perfect. And, you know, we, we live in a time of the COVID pandemic where if there is one message that is being passed around on all our Facebook uh, DMs, on our WhatsApp uh, forwards, it's cures and remedies. I don't know about you, but I've got so many home remedies to prevent COVID from coming. And then if you are infected with COVID, what home remedies to do? And then, you know, remedies in the post-COVID stage. Remedies galore. And with that context, I want us to look at today's passage. Today, we live in a time when cures have been elevated, when healing has been pushed to the background. But I want us to come back to a place of saying, Lord, cures are great, but I want your healing. This is what an author, Susan Howitch, who wrote the book Absolute Truths, wrote this. And I want you to listen clearly because this is going to be very pivotal to our understanding of what a cure and what healing really is. A cure signifies the banishment of physical illness, but a healing could mean not just a physical cure, but a repairing and strengthening of the mind and spirit to improve the quality of life, even when no physical cure was possible. And I want to tell you this about Jesus. You know, the Jesus that we all know and we love, he's not that much into cures. He's into healing. He doesn't want to just do something for the temporary, for the temporal and leave me be. He wants to heal me for generations to come. He wants to heal me so deep that that wound won't resurface. He wants to heal me in such a way that I'm changed forever. The cures and the remedies of today the ones that you get on those forwards, the ones that people have been pushing on you, drink this, do that, don't eat this, eat that. They're temporal. They may help you with a healthy life, but truly Jesus wants more for you. He wants you to go from that place of just wanting a cure to saying, Lord Jesus, I want your healing. I want more. And so I want us to look with that in mind. I want us to look at Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. This is what it says. He said, 
if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Now, the background, the context for this verse is basically what has just happened to the Israelites is that they have walked through the Red Sea. They've just walked on dry ground. The sea was, you know, the walls of water were all around them. They had walked through on dry ground, come to the other side. They had just left Egypt. They had been in Egypt for 400 and odd years. This is all they knew for at least four generations, three to four generations. That is all that they had known. And here God was bringing them out into this open space. And he's just brought them out of the Red Sea. Pharaoh and his army had drowned in the waters. When they're all on the other side, they start walking into the wilderness. They come to this place where there's a spring of water. And they're all thirsty and they just, they start drinking the water and find that it's bitter. And lo and behold, the complaining begins. They begin to complain, they begin to grumble. And Moses cries out to God and God says, you know what? I'll make it sweet. Throw that stick in, I'll make it sweet. And then God gives them this word. He says, I'm going to test you in this. From here on out, if you listen to me, if you do what I say, because I'm going to be with you every step of the way. Remember the pillar of fire, that cloud that led them. He was going to be right with them. And he's saying, if you do what I say, if you obey me, if you listen to me and do what I say, I will not allow you to have the diseases that the Egyptians had. But we know that we humans are frail and definitely there was going to be failure on the parts of the Israelites. And then he says this very interesting thing, for I am the Lord who heals you. So he knew there's an eventuality, they're going to disobey. There will be sickness that comes on them because of that. There's going to be calamity that comes on them because of their disobedience. But he says in that event, I am the Lord who heals you. Now, what is the significance to this? The Egyptians, if you read any Britannica or encyclopedia, you will find out that the Egyptians were one of the oldest civilizations in all of history to have had a very advanced medical system. In fact, a lot of the written works that they had produced mention herbs and medical treatments that were done way back in the past when the rest of the world hadn't even tried those things out. So they were like really advanced for their time. And what they specifically specialized in was treatment of things with remedies. They had herbal remedies. You know, you had this ache, they had a herb, they had a, a syrup, they created things. They were able to do simple treatments on people, you know, surgical incisions. They were trying out all kinds of things. They had a deep connection between spirituality and, and their science. So when someone was sick, the priests and the doctors would work together to treat that person because they believed that there was that there were some deities who were causing this affliction. And so the priests would come to drive it out and the doctors would come to treat it with science. And so this is what the Jewish people were exposed to for 400 and odd years. This is what they knew. If I was sick, I have to just apply this particular mixture, drink this concoction, do this thing, and I would be okay. Sound familiar? Sounds like us today. Oh, I have a, you know, tickle in my throat. Let me, you know, mix this concoction, add turmeric, put that ginger in, put the honey in. I know because, you know, all our parents have been telling us these things. And while these remedies are great, here's what God wants us to do. He wants us to first come back to him because he says, I am the God who heals you, not the remedies, not what you are used to back in Egypt, not those quick fixes. 
not those balms and things that they just handmade and applied but he come to me for i am the god who heals you that's what he's saying that's what this means and i wonder if each of us need to look at our lives in this current time in this current space we are occupying and say god this is where i'm at i'm so caught up in finding a cure in finding that quick fix solution to my problem to my sickness to my affliction but what if i need to come back to you for you are the god who heals me that's where i want us to come back to and so you know as i was studying this week on how god healed in the old testament and then i came to the gospels and when you look at matthew mark and luke the synoptic gospels there's something beautiful there there were so many instances of jesus healing people it was a vital part of his ministry it was a huge part of his ministry and the more i thought about it i wondered why is it so important to jesus to heal he came to teach people that the kingdom of god had come he came to turn them to righteousness but why was healing such an important part of his ministry and i believe it's this when jesus came to earth he was the creator god in the flesh picture this you make something you create something then when you get to meet that creation and you see it broken you see it in pieces your heart as a creator is to fix it your heart is to touch it heal it that's what jesus did coming to earth god in the flesh creator god in the flesh he looked at his creation and says he had compassion for the crowds he had so much compassion his heart was moved and everyone who was healed who came to him and so i believe that him being god him having the spirit of god in him power just flowed out of him and so while he was spiritually touching people turning them to salvation the power of god was manifest in the way he was healing people and today each of us those of us who have accepted jesus can confidently say that he has also healed us it is a finished work so often we don't realize it's a finished work we think we're still striving for healing but he's already won that on the cross and so jesus a huge part of his ministry was healing because he was god he was god he was a creator the creator god who was coming seeing his creation he couldn't help but restore them he couldn't help but bind their wounds he couldn't help but restore them it was just in his nature it is who god is god wants to heal us god is so compassionate towards us he longs to come and touch us he longs to heal us so i want to re- remind you of this that no remedy or cure can bring deep healing no earthly healer or physician can bring healing to your spirit and your soul no treatment or diet however healthy can bring wholeness to your life true lasting life altering healing only comes from jesus not from any other source not from any other method I hope that that sticks with you. I hope that whatever you take away that will stick with you. We're living in a time when the culture dictates to us what to eat, what not to eat, what movement to follow, what kind of exercises to do, how to turn our houses towards the sun, how to enjoy plants that have been, you know, grown in our gardens. While all of this is great, a lot of it is not pleasing to God because like the Israelites who lived in Egypt who were exposed to remedies of all kinds they had forgotten that their primary healer their true healer was yahweh god and today i want to come back to you and say this today no matter what remedies you hear of no matter what treatment you are in 
Jesus is your soul healer. He is the source of all healing. Everything else is suspect. Every other system of the world is suspect. If you're following certain things, social media has pushed certain things on you. They've told you about different kind of lifestyles to changes to make, different kind of diets to follow. I would ask that you would put a pin in it and that you would wait on God. I realized that, you know, when Jesus walked the earth, there were some very distinct things that were common across all the gospels. And I want to leave those three things with you. Three things that were common to all three gospels and were so indicative of who Jesus was, who Jesus is and who Jesus is going to be for all of time. The first thing is that Jesus healed all who came to him. I want us to read Matthew chapter 4, verse 24. This is what it says. News about him spread as far as Syria and people soon began bringing to him all who were sick and whatever their sickness or disease or if they were demon possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them all. Isn't that exciting? All who came to Jesus were healed. That's what another translation said. All who came to Jesus were healed. I want to ask you a question today. Have you come to Jesus for your healing? Some of us have that one friend who we would call up and say, hey, you know what? This is happening with my kid. What do I do? Some of us have a relative. Some of us have a neighbor. We get a couple of free consultations once in every few months. But have you first come to God? Have you first come to Jesus? All who came to Jesus were healed. Some of us on our um, most used tabs on Google will be WebMD. You know, the immediate thing. Oh, you know what? I don't know what dosage to take. Oh, I don't know because we are already self-medicating. Or maybe we want to try out that recipe, that, that particular concoction, but you don't know how, how, you know, to do it. Or maybe you're checking up on the side effects of a drug. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. It might be totally legitimate what you're doing. What if before opening Google and WebMD and whatever else, we actually came to Jesus. All who came to Jesus were healed. Matthew 11 verse 28 to 30 says this, Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Come to me. I will refresh your life, for I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you will discover that I am gentle, humble, easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. And each of us today have this option of coming to him. It's interesting. The words come to him. Usually when it is used in other connotations in, in the gospels. Actually means Jesus saying follow me. Come behind me. But here he's saying come to me. And it's all about the posture of Jesus. If, if Jesus is saying follow me. You're behind him. And you're looking at him from over his shoulder probably. But when he says come to me. He's looking at me. He's beckoning me to him. It's literally like a mother calling her child, a father calling his son. He's saying, come to me. I will give you rest. So often we have run behind what the world says, what pop culture says, what the news is saying, what a WhatsApp forward said, what our family has said. But have we come to Jesus first? That's my question to you today. What if our Primary opinion is from him. We nowadays need to have multiple opinions for many doctors because it's hard to trust the one. But he is the great physician. He is our soul healer. What if my primary opinion is him? And I'll tell you this. this is, what I find is 
it's sometimes so easy to put a lid on god and say you know what god you don't understand what i'm going through i mean how are you going to speak to me how are you going to do this so i remember as soon as i was diagnosed with my sickness um the first thing that i told geshom was what if we don't do anything i just live in faith that you know it'll never rupture and just kind of hope that nothing will go wrong but geshom said if god has shown it to us if he alerted us if he showed showed it to us it means he wants it treated so let's take the next few steps forward and i remember every step of the way we didn't do anything without asking god first we were like god okay now we feel we should ask a doctor which doctor and we went to about five doctors and you won't believe it four of them just they upset our trust in the medical system they turned it upside down but the fifth one gave us such a peace we knew it was from god and so when you come to him he is my primary opinion i get the opinion from him he guides me with his peace he guides me with instruction from his word every step of the way coincidentally coincidentally during that season i was reading the book of joshua and every step of the way he led me from his word he told me when to pray and ask for deliverance he asked me told me when to stay still he told me that he was fighting for me but i had to first come to him and every step of the way every doctor's appointment every second opinion he was with me he was directing me so finally when i did pick my doctor i knew that he was in it that this is the man god has chosen for me because he gave me such a comfortable feeling and let me say this no glory to the doctor no praise to the doctor all the glory honor and praise goes to jesus because he led me to the right man at the right time and when he treated me you know it was we went to this hospital which looked so nondescript from the outside it looked bare and old and haggard um but we trusted god with this and we said god you're taking us to this very ordinary place we don't know how it's going to be but we trust you and you won't believe it when we laid it at his feet even the hospital room that they gave us was old was dilapidated but was neat the technicians were so kind we experienced favor at every turn but that required us to come to god again and again and again multiple times sometimes in a day saying lord we're so scared we don't know how to do this lord we don't know which hospital to pick he picked it for us his peace led us his presence was with us that leads me to the second point matthew 14 was 35 when the people recognized jesus the news of his arrival spread quickly throughout the whole area and soon people were bringing all their sick to be healed they begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe and all who touched him were healed the second point is that he healed all those who were in his presence in another translation it says i think it was in mark in another one of the gospels it says they laid the sick on the streets just in the presence of jesus imagine that imagine the power that was radiating from this god man this man who was actually god in the flesh and so wherever jesus walked there was sick all around him and they just had to reach their hand out and touch his robe that's all they had to do and they were healed I sometimes wish that we lived in a time when Jesus roamed the earth but I thank God that he gave us the Holy Spirit who gives us the same experience if not even better because he's with us all the time I remember another story in this in the gospels which talks about the woman who was bleeding for 12 years 
and i love her story because so often if you can relate to this so often we're crippled and bent over with fear with shame with guilt with worry and yet this woman was so ashamed probably 12 years bleeding she was labeled unclean by culture she had given up all her resources to get treated and nothing had happened she was probably weak because of the amount of blood she had lost and here she comes through the crowd just bending her way coming through the crowd weaving in and out jesus is walking with jairus because he's going to his house to heal his daughter and in the midst of that she just thinks to herself it says because we know jesus knows our thoughts right it says he was thinking to herself if i just touch the hem of his garment i'll be well and i can just picture that you know just touching his the edge of his garment it says the flow stopped take a minute to just absorb that this is not some dramatic movie moment this is reality this is what happened her flow stopped and the funny thing is jesus didn't let it go he addressed this woman who wanted to just merge in with the crowd she wanted to probably just slink away back and just go jumping for joy but he turns around and said who touched me he knew who touched him he knew what had happened he was god he turns around and says who touched me i felt power go out of me and his disciples are baffled they said how could you ask that there's so many people pressing around you and then he identifies she steps forward and she says it was me and jesus honors that by saying go in peace your faith has healed you when i think about it i just want to address those of us who are struggling with diseases that we cannot even speak about publicly maybe your disease is so embarrassing that you can't even talk about it maybe doctors have said you know what you kind of have to live with this maybe they've labeled it certain things that you can't even share with someone else can i ask you something are you ready to get into the presence of god because the presence of god is so powerful that it can touch the most intimate parts of your body and heal you the disappointment that you have faced thus far the lack that you have faced the treatments that have failed all of it will get erased when you're in the presence of jesus if you would just come into his presence if you would dare to be in his presence things will change i want to read psalm 62 verse 2 and i love the passion translation for this chapter it says he alone god alone is my safe place his wrap around presence always protects me for he is my champion defender there's no risk of failure with god so why would i let worry paralyze me even when troubles multiply around me look at that word his wrap around presence i want to challenge you today if you are saying my my ailment has been crippling my ailment has been embarrassing my ailment has has made me want to shrink and hide in a hole i want to tell you today jesus sees you he sees that and he's saying come into my presence with me you don't have to feel shame i'm not i'm not going to be embarrassed by what you tell me but i want you to come into my presence because his wrap around presence is one where failure doesn't exist his wrap around presence will make your worries dissolve when troubles multiply around us the safest place is in the middle of his wrap around presence can i encourage you not to think anymore that you know what i'm too embarrassed to bring this to god god doesn't understand what i'm going through the, the shame the ridicule the isolation i feel he sees everything he has compassion for you and he wants to set you free will you come to him will you get into his presence the third thing 
Let's read Mark chapter 10 verses 46 to 52. Then they reached Jericho and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, "Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me." Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder, "Son of David, have mercy on me." When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, "Tell him to come here." So they called the blind man. "Cheer up," they said. "Come on, he's calling you." So Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up and came to Jesus. "What do you want me to do for you?" Jesus asked. "My rabbi," the blind man said, "I want to see." And Jesus said to him, "Go, for your faith has healed you." Instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. I love this guy. I love his his audacious um outspoken um just you know how excited he is to see Jesus. He can't even see him but he knows Jesus is there and he doesn't care about who's around him. He's just like, you know what? I'm going to get his attention because I need healing. I want healing. I'm desperate for it. I want to see things around me. I've been blind for too long. This man can heal. I want some of what he has. Such an audacious faith. And I believe today the third thing that Jesus does is that he heals those who call out to him in desperation. Sometimes you know it's in the most desperate times that our prayers get so desperate and I believe that even in those times when we just you know out of desperation call on him he hears us he answers us hears Bartimaeus screaming at the top of his lungs people are telling him to shut up there are a bunch of naysayers around him today are you in a desperate place has your sickness literally taken over you are you so crippled with pain are you so crippled with doubt that this would ever change will you call out to jesus in desperation and i would urge you to do this don't say god help me he's given us a name to call on call out to jesus he wants you to call out jesus son of god jesus son of david that's what mark patimi says he calls him out by name and says i need you i want you to heal me would you call out to him in your desperation psalm 18 verse 6 this is what it says in my distress when i seemed surrounded i called upon the lord and cried to my god for help he heard my voice from his temple and my cry for help came before him into his very ears so often we are so dignified before god we put up this you know um very put together look before him but he saw us even before we were a single cell in our mother's womb He knows that we have come from literally nothing that we come from dust we return to dust he knows that and yet he wants us to come as we are he wants us to call out to him in desperation he wants us to bring the pieces of our lives and bring it to him because only he can restore it but so often we don't want to cry out to him i would much rather just cry into my pillow absorb the pain and sleep it off maybe i would rather speak to someone in my life rant and rave and get it, get it over with but today he's saying would you come to me and cry out to me because what father when his child cries out to him will not be moved by compassion to act he's asking you today son daughter what can i do for you but will you cry out for him
Will you say today, Jesus, I'm in such pain. I'm not able to bear the pain. The pain is too much. I've struggled for so long, Jesus. Why have you not healed me? Are you desperate for a cure? But maybe he's going to whisper when you come close. I want to heal you. I don't want to just cure you. Maybe you've been struggling with a physical ailment, but you have a faint suspicion that there's deeper healing that's necessary. But it's only when you call out to Jesus, only when you come to him, only when you're in his presence that you will know his heart for you. That he'll say, you know what? Yes, your physical healing is important to me, but I want to heal so much more. Will you come to him with desperation? Will you pray those desperate prayers? Will you weep to him? Will you tell him exactly where the pain is? Will you tell him how this diagnosis has devastated you? He understands. He wants to hear from you. Cry out to him. Say, Jesus, I need you. Remember Bartimaeus. Anytime you feel like you just want to hide, anytime you feel like you don't have it in you to actually articulate your feelings to him, just scream out to him and say, Jesus, I need you. I can't do this anymore without you. Would you do that? Today, the beauty of this whole thing is, you know, in coming to him, in being in his presence, and in actually calling out to him, all of this indicate relationship. If you and I have a relationship with Jesus, we have access to that healing. And like I said, it's already completed. It's done on that cross of Calvary. How do I know this? Isaiah 53 verses 4 to 5. This is what it says. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. So when I'm united in Christ, when I'm united with Christ, when I'm abiding in him, because of that relationship, by his wounds, I stand healed. Every disease, every ailment known to man, unknown to man even, he knows only he can heal. Only he can heal. Maybe you have a genetic condition. Doctors are saying we don't know how to treat it. He knows. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He put every strand of DNA into your body. He counted your chromosomes. He knows how they look. He cares so deeply about you. But would you consider this, that only a relationship with Jesus will give you access to the healing that is yours in him and through him. As I was studying the Gospels this week to understand about what Jesus did through his healing ministry, there was one story that's found exclusively in the book of John. And that is the man who was lying beside the sheep gate by the pool of Bethesda. And I want to read that story for you as I end. It's not, a, it's not a story, it's a true incident that happened. John 5 verses 1 to 9. After this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water stirred up. And while I am going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed and he took up his bed and walked. 38 years this man has been bedridden. 
And I sometimes think that maybe his problem was that he was always in this place, surrounded with uh, by others who were also in the same place as him. All of them must have had the same mentality of we're stuck here. Who's going to put us in? Will we ever be healed? Can you imagine the angel stirred it? Only one person gets in and gets healed. So there are 100 people, 99 are left unhealed. What an atmosphere. I wonder whether faith even found a space in that atmosphere. But here was Jesus walking in that space. He was probably touching and healing people. But he comes to this one man and he's the one I want to address today. He comes to him and asks him, do you want to be healed? And you notice his answer. He doesn't give a yes or no answer. He gives an excuse. And today I want to speak to some of you who have been refusing to ask God for healing, refusing to address Jesus for your healing. Maybe you just said, you know what? This is my lot in life. I am meant to have this ailment. I will stay here. I will refuse to go out and do those things because, well, I'm sick. This is who I am. Maybe you're refusing to work on your marriage because you say, you know what? This is who I am. This I cannot change. I've struggled for too long. You've been throwing yourself a pity party for so long, but God is saying, this is the time is up. Get up, take your mat and walk. He sounds like a firm father or a mother. He says, that's good. I, I know that you couldn't get, nobody could get you in there. I know all of that. Now get up and walk. And to someone who is watching this today, Jesus wants to say this to you. No more are you going to be lying on that mat of infirmity. He wants you to get up because you just have to come to him. You just have to get into his presence. You just have to call out to him and he is going to heal you in such a powerful way that you will give all the glory to him. You're going to get up. You're going to go out there and do that thing that he wants you to do. You're going to go into the places that he wants you to reach. He wants you to do and say cert certain things and he's going to enable you to do it. But you first need to call out to him and get up and walk. I don't know who I'm saying that to, but no more are we going to use that bed as an excuse to not do what God is calling us to do. No more are we going to give excuses when he says, do you want to be healed? I'm not going to give excuses as to why I think this healing may not work. I'm not going to let my doubts get in the way of what he wants to do in my life. Same man, few minutes later, for probably a few hours later, he was walking around. He was questioned by some, uh, you know, scribes and elders and said, how are you walking around? What happened? And he said, well, this man healed me. He told me to get up and walk. And it turned out to be a Sabbath. It's almost like Jesus liked to have a good laugh at the expense of these chaps. It was a Sabbath. He said, you cannot carry your mat and walk. That was their great concern. It was not that a man was walking whole, but that he was carrying his mat. And then when Jesus bumps into him after a couple of hours, Jesus says this very interesting thing. He says, stop sinning or something worse will happen. Today, we don't know why some of us struggle with the illnesses we struggle. The whole of humanity is suffering. We live in a fallen and a broken world. It has touched all our lives. There will be ailments we have. There will be sicknesses we have to grapple with. It doesn't diminish the goodness of God. It will, dim it will only increase the grace that God shows to each of us in the midst of that sickness. But the beauty of Jesus is this, that he not only delivers us from our sickness, he delivers us from our sin. He's the only one who can heal the broken condition of our spirit, the broken condition of our soul, our mind, our wellness, our will, all of that. 
and also heal our bodies. So I want to read this quote by T.L. Osborne and I hope it touches you like it touched me. It says this, both sin and sickness came into the world through the fall of the human race. Therefore, we must look for the healing of both in the savior of the human race. God is as willing to heal believers as he is to forgive unbelievers. Know this, if he was merciful enough to forgive you when you were unconverted, he is merciful enough to heal you now that you are in his family. He wants to heal you. He forgave your sins. He welcomed you into his family. He wants to heal you. Don't believe that lie of the enemy which says, you know what, this is God's will. He wants me to be sick forever. Even if you are sick for the longest time, Jesus is still sovereign in that situation. He will be bringing about a healing that you have no idea about. Maybe you are paralyzed in your body, but he's healing your spirit. He's healing your soul. You don't know what he's doing, but his healing is real. It's not a cure. It's not a remedy. It's not a quick fix. So when we come to him, when we enjoy his presence, when we call out to him in desperation, it does not guarantee that my healing is instantaneous, but it guarantees that the God who is our healer will intervene. And he will touch us in the way that he desires to touch us. He will heal us in the method he chooses to use. He will heal us in a time frame that he chooses to use again. Because he is a God who exists out of time. Time is nothing to him. We live our lives so bound by time. But he's saying, Tina, if, if I want you to walk in faith for the next 30 years, I'll do it. If you have to walk wholly reliant on me, I'll do it. Because remember this, in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. If he wants to heal me today, he can. If he chooses to heal me next month, he will. If he chooses to heal me after 10 years, I'll wait. Because in the process, he's perfecting me. He's doing something beautiful in me that I can't even begin to imagine. Just don't believe the fact that Jesus doesn't care about your healing. Don't believe the fact that he's an unkind God. He's not. He's a compassionate creator God who wants to see creation made whole. That's what he's doing. Maybe my, my healing may not come on this side of eternity. But I look forward to eternity because it says there's no pain. There's no sorrow. There's no tears there. That's the goal. That's where I'm headed. So I'll wait for as long as it takes until healing comes fully. But until then, I'm going to keep calling out. Until then, I'm going to keep coming to him several times in a day. I'm going to keep sitting in his presence, allowing myself to soak in his presence because there I will find refreshing. There I will find rest. And so I want to encourage you to pray with me right now. If you have been going through a sickness and you are exhausted, you are at the end of your rope and you're saying, God, I don't know how much more of this I can take. Maybe it's something doctors have called chronic. Maybe it is chronic. We don't know. But the God of the universe, the God who created the heavens and the earth and who created you, knows will you come to him can i urge you to come to him can you say lord jesus i just come to you right now as i am i know i belong to the family of god i come to you will you restore the organs in my body which are giving me trouble right now it could be as big as a big organ in the body it could be as small as a toothache will you bring it to him come to him Will you ask for his presence? Lord, I want your presence at all times. Holy Spirit, bring the presence of God to me right now. And can we just make it a habit to call out to him and say, Jesus, I need you, son of God. Jesus, king of the world. Jesus, Messiah. I need your help. 
I can't do this anymore. I've waited so long. Help me. Help me endure this. Help me walk through it. Whichever area of my life I need healing in, carry me through it. I'm ready to hear from you. I'm ready to be touched by you. I'm ready to touch you. I want more of you. God, my healer, Jehovah Rapha. Jesus, the great physician, we love you. We honor you. We thank you that your heart is full of compassion for each of us. That you love us so dearly, Lord. We thank you that, Lord, you are walking with us in the depths of our pain. You walk with us in the depths of our sorrow. You walk with us in the depths of our doubt. And Lord, we come back to you today. We run back to your arms. We want to sit in your presence. We want to experience you once more. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I want you to practice being in the presence of God this whole week. Just try it every day. Whatever your sickness is, whatever you're feeling, whatever you've gone through this past week, whatever you have gone through the past year, if you would just sit in His presence and allow Him to heal you like only He can, it will not look like how your neighbor was healed. It will not look like how your friend at church was healed. It's going to be tailor-made for you. It's going to be tailor-made for me because He loves us so uniquely. The way He heals us is going to be so unique. So can we just come back to this God who is our God? He is your God. He wants to heal you in the way that only He can. He wants you to experience Him in the way that only you can. Have an amazing week. Remember that God is your healer. He is on your side and He is full of compassion. He longs to heal you. Would you come back to Him? Have a blessed week. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, Whoever finds Jesus, finds life.